Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. The Golden State Warriors take game six in Boston to officially become the Dubs dynasty. Turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. The Boston Celtics could not overcome the turnovers to force game seven. And one of the best basketball players ever is calling it a career. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. All the questions about the Warriors, about Steph Curry's MVP in the finals, they can all be put to rest. 34 points. In a decisive game six in Boston for Stephen Curry in a 103-90 win that elevates the Golden State Warriors to NBA champions. It is now four titles. As Mike Breen put it on the telecast, it is the Dubs dynasty. Joining me now from Locked On Warriors, Cyrus Satsas. And Cyrus, this is a team that came in. We weren't sure if they were going to be able to handle defensively what Boston was able to throw at them. And in the end, it turned out to be Golden State's defense, along with the magnificence of Steph Curry that carried the day in this series. That's really was what the difference came down to in this series was defense. And, you know, uh, you know, people kept talking about the Celtics turnovers. And I think the magic number was 16, right? We're at 16 and above. The Celtics have this horrible stat. And in tonight's game, they turned it over 22 times. Um, But so many of those turnovers was the result of Golden State just being very handsy, cutting off passing lanes. Um, You know, their defense on Jason Tatum, this whole series was just masterful. I mean, this is a player who was first team all all NBA, who was looked at as the star player for the Celtics that was expected to carry them to, um, you know, to glory, to the mountaintop. And, And that was the Warriors focus largely was first and foremost taking him out of the series and they succeeded in doing that. Yeah. Jason Tatum, 13 points on six of 18 shooting at home in game six. Uh, And and as you mentioned, a lot of that as a result of Warriors defense, including a late Andrew Wiggins block in the lane. That was just an an exclamation point on the fact that Andrew Wiggins outplayed Jason Tatum for much of this series. We can't talk about this series without talking about Stephen Curry, the unanimous finals MVP. He also has a unanimous MVP in the regular season to go along with his resume. And you and I have talked on this show, Cyrus, about Steph not needing to prove anything else, right? He doesn't need the finals MVP to prove anything. But I also think it can also be true that this title and this finals MVP means more to him than any other player in this series because of what it does for his legacy, cementing him. We're having conversations already. I'm seeing it about, is he a top 10, a top 15 player of all time? What does this mean for Stephen Curry? Yeah, it clearly means a lot to him as well. I mean, he won the, uh, the Western conference finals MVP, the magic Johnson award, um, and, and Andre Iguodala was overheard, uh, telling Stephen Curry during the celebration. I hope you're happy now. Um, it was a kind of a slip that kind of, re- that revealed that Steph does care about these things. And he admits it. He says all the time that they see all the noise, they read all the, especially the negative press against them. Um, and they use that as motivation, as fuel. 
Um, in terms of the legacy talk, uh, you know, I've always tried to maintain objectivity with Stephen Curry in terms of where he ranks in terms of all time greatness. Um, I did not have him in the top 10 uh, before this postseason. I do believe Stephen Curry is now in the top 10 and I do think it clearly matters to him. I've never seen him cry and to see him shedding tears like that. Uh, it was a clear reflection of just what this meant to him. And I, I don't think you need to be Stephen Curry to understand the magnitude of this. This was a team that was counted out largely. This was a team that many, even then the Warriors players themselves have admitted that a world championship was not necessarily something they thought was going to be easy, let alone realistic. Um, so this championship is huge. I mean, they, they silenced a lot of critics. And Stephen Curry, I think is there was never doubt that he was a Hall of Famer, but now... He's in a really unique pantheon of all-time greats. There's no question about that. Get your Warriors fix every day on Locked on Warriors with Cyrus. You can find it everywhere you get podcasts, including YouTube. And thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. We have an important favor to ask you. We put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thanks for your help. Coming up, turnovers killed the Celtics throughout the finals, and it was their death again in game six. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for your daily gambling needs. There are a few tantalizing totals to check out on Friday's Major League Baseball slates. Two Wiley Vets square off on the mound in Boston as the Red Sox host the Cardinals. Bet Online has the over-under at nine and a half. Lots of scoring expected in Colorado as the Rockies host the Padres. Bet Online has that over-under at 11 and a half. And one of the biggest pitcher duels of the day expected to be between the Rangers and Tigers. Do we have that right? Bet Online thinks so. They have the over-under set at seven and a half. Bet Online. Where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. So players are actually drawn to Deshaun Watson. Jadavion Clowney said Thursday that what sealed the deal for his decision to play for the Browns in 2022 was that he could play with Watson again. I was all about where my boy Deshaun was going, Clowney said. I just wanted to go play with him and see what I can do with him again. Clowney also talked about his relationship with Miles Garrett and how he felt they had a good thing going and wanted to run it back. But Watson was the ultimate reason for his return. Even if that's true, like, read the room. One time. Read the room. The NCAA transfer portal may be changing. The NCAA Transformation Committee announced recommendations on Thursday for a transfer portal window. The proposed transfer recommendations are intended to stabilize the transfer environment, according to an NCAA news release, and would require additional accountability for schools that receive transfer students. The NCAA did not immediately provide information as to what those specific transfer windows would be or how it would hold schools accountable on the receiving end. Currently, the only deadline for transfer players is that they notify their current schools of their entry to the portal by May 1st. The College World Series gets rolling in Omaha today. Chris Gordy of Locked on SEC and Lindsey Crosby, Locked on MLB Prospects, both 
have the Razorbacks winning it all. I'm telling you, I think I'm going to go with Arkansas. I, I love what I've seen from, from Connor uh, Nolan in the past couple weeks. I think he's ready to go. Yeah, I've got uh, Texas beating Notre Dame to make to make the, the championship. On the other side, I, I've got Arkansas beating Auburn to make the championship, and I think I've got Arkansas taking the whole thing as well. There's just too much high-level talent in the infield. The pitching staff has looked good. Um, Brady Tigard, I think, has just – I think he's going to transcend some of those issues he had in the Supers against Oklahoma State or in the regionals, and he's just going to come out and, and be lights out. And on the professional diamond, the Cleveland Guardians won twice yesterday. Once against the Colorado Rockies and another with the addition of a new minority owner. Sweep, sweep, sweep. That is exactly what the Guardians did and what they should do when you're facing a team like the Rockies. Two things really stood out for me statistically in this game. One, the Cleveland pitching did not give up a home run in this one. Eli Morgan, Tristan McKenzie, both kind of a little more home run prone. No home runs given up in a Colorado game for a team that has been giving up a lot of home runs this year. Uh, Number two, Colorado had 11 hits and only managed two runs. You don't see that often. Uh, That is a very low rate of uh, just in general in terms of production. They get the win. Bigger story, it is official. Blitzer is going to be the new minority owner. He now is the first person to have uh, ownership group part in all five sports, which is a good thing because the front office in Cleveland is spectacular. They are one of the best in the business. We're getting new money, new ownership, hopefully new investment in the team. And hopefully they'll just stay out of the way. It's a special front office right there in Cleveland right now. We want ownership that's going to spend more, but not get in the way of the geniuses that are currently running the Cleveland Guardians. Here is another story you need to know. I think if you had told most Boston Celtic fans around Martin Luther King Day that their team would be in a game six in the NBA finals, they would have taken it. But now that we are here at the end, it feels like a letdown, a Celtics team that a lot of people thought was the favorite in the NBA Finals. They go down in Game 6. Joining me now from the arena in Boston, John Corrales from Locked On Celtics. And John, this is a, a trend in the playoffs for the Celtics. When they turn the ball over, they lose. That is just the reality of, of what they have been. When they turn the ball over more than 16 times, they are 1-8 and eight now in the postseason And this was another case where they just turned the ball over too many times, 23 in this game. How do they get that problem solved? Well, um, I think there's going to be a summer of uh, ball handling drills. I think (laughs) it'd be great. Uh, I'd love to see Jason Tatum not dribble the ball so high and and keep the ball a little lower. I'd like to see Jalen Brown keep that dribble a little tighter, but Uh, I think it comes from better recognition. I think the number one thing is the lesson that they're going to learn from this, Uh, especially, you know, Tatum and Brown. And that's the finals are a different animal to face the other best team in the NBA is, is tougher than what everything else that you, then you faced. And the Warriors just threw little wrinkles and it wasn't huge things, just little wrinkles at the, at the Celtics and Tatum's recognition just wasn't there. And, and that's something that has to get better as, as you move forward. I mean, these guys, and same thing with Jalen Brown, you have to be able to recognize on the fly. Oh, they're hedging now. Oh, they're not switching. Oh, they're, they're doing this differently. All of those things you have to understand the teams are going to switch things up on you and, 
And you have to be able to react to that quickly. And, and really the Celtics just didn't react to that quickly enough. The Warriors with their poise and experience and all of that did. And that's, that's why the Celtics turned the ball over as much as they did and, and why they lost. You mentioned uh, the Jays, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. But if you go back to the Eastern Conference semifinals and the Eastern Conference finals, those were two great defensive teams, too, in the Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami Heat. And yet Boston was able to solve that. They got excellent contributions from the bench in, in those series. And their stars, especially Jason Tatum, played better. So uh, to, to what degree, um, or if you're going to balance them on scales, the supporting cast versus the stars, who deserves or, or who needs to improve the most to get this team where they want to go? Yeah, that's that. I mean, there's, there's a lot that goes around because you can make cases for everybody. I mean, the Celtics definitely needed more from their bench. They got nothing from their bench in this series. Uh, aside from game one, uh, Grant Williams was a huge reason why the Celtics got here. Didn't really do anything in the finals. Derek White, after game one, didn't really do anything. Was a minus 23 or minus 21 in 16 minutes. So he, he was just on the floor for all of the worst that the Celtics went through. Uh, he has to get better. And, and I, th- I think both those guys will uh, Peyton Pritchard. And, and on top of that, it shows that the Celtics, how much they weren't really built for this moment. Uh, the Warriors are a team built for the finals and they had that, that little bit of a lull with the injuries, but they have the depth and the experience. The Celtics weren't exactly built to, to support Tatum and Brown to win a championship. Catch John Corrales on Locked on Celtics every day on your favorite podcast app and, of course, on YouTube. Coming up, Sue Bird, one of the best basketball players to ever lace up some sneakers, is calling it a career. We dive into her mammoth legacy. Coming up next. Don't you love a chewy, chocolatey brownie? What about a caramel brownie with that swirl in there? You use the toothpick to make it swirl like that. What if I told you you could have all of that goodness plus 17 grams of protein? What if I told you you could have all that goodness with 17 grams of protein and it would be low in calorie and low in sugar? You would probably tell me that I was crazy, but that is Built's new caramel brownie bar covered in 100% real chocolate but still has those incredible macros 130 calories and just four grams of sugar to go along with all of that good protein go to built.com and use promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off your order that's promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com after 559 career games in the WNBA, the WNBA leader in games played, in minutes played, in assists, a four-time WNBA champion, a two-time NCAA champion, Sue Bird is calling it a career. Joining me now from Locked On Women's Basketball and the founder of the Title IX newsletter, Howard Magdalene. Howard, Sue Bird in a lot of ways for a lot of people has been women's basketball over the last decade, decade and a half. What will you remember about her, her game, her play, anything? What will you remember about Sue Bird? It is almost inconceivable to think of this league without Sue Bird, somebody who has played so often and so well for the Seattle Storm that she is responsible for 27.5% of their points or assists. In other words, she is factored into 
over a quarter of every bucket in Seattle Storm history. I will remember that she is probably the best interview in the WNBA. And so that alone will be something that will be missed uh, dramatically. But certainly, you know, Gina Wariema talked about the idea that she is clearly the standard bearer for best point guard in the history of the league. And I truly believe my grandchildren someday will be astonished that I had the opportunity to cover someone like Sue Bird. She was present all but at the creation. So I, I think for, for me, when I think about great players in any sport, I think about what impacts did they leave on the game? How did the game change because they were in it? And certainly in the case of Sue Bird, in it for as long as she was and playing at as high a level as she was. What do you think the impact of Sue Bird has been on the women's game, not just on the court, but off it? You're, you could make the argument that Lauren Jackson is one of the top five players in the history of this league. Her career is separated by well over a decade from the prime of Brianna Stewart, who I think when it is all said and done, she will be the greatest player in the history of the WNBA. Sue Bird somehow managed to be in her prime playing at the same elite level with both of them. Despite the fact that, you know, it's like a time traveler almost. And what she's able to do, there's this stat that she has 514 more assists than anybody else in WNBA history. And and that's a wonderful stat, but it's a counting stat, right? It's based on somebody who's played for two decades. This is somebody who, if you go by efficiency, if you go by the number she's putting up, she was every bit the star in 2020 when her Seattle Storm won the WNBA title the same way she was in 2004. And I just don't know that you can point to anyone. You have to go outside of, to my mind, not just the WNBA, but outside of basketball and compare it to something like Ted Williams hitting 406 in 1941 and then 388 in 1957 for somebody who finds dominance over two very different eras. I know this is a difficult question and and we have some hints at this already, but what do you see as next for Sue Bird, who who seemingly could do, frankly, whatever she wanted? She could do whatever she wanted. And she talked, we had the great Jacqueline LeBlanc, who uh, writes for me at The Next, thenextsoups.com, covering women's basketball. She's going to join us for the Lockdown Women's Basketball podcast tomorrow morning. She was in the room for the press conference. And Sue is really open to a lot of different things she could be doing, whether it's coaching, whether it's taking some time. Sue is obviously a terrific broadcaster, not just in the broadcast she did with Diana Taurasi during the Women's Final Four, but she's done that as color commentary as well. Uh, the world is open to Sue and obviously uh, to her longtime partner, Megan Rapino as well. And they could go in just about any direction they want. I have long believed Megan Rapino is eventually going to run for office. Will Sue Bird be her campaign manager? All of these things are possible. I'd rule nothing out. Or perhaps her running mate. Who knows? Perhaps her running mate, as the, as the shirt says. Locked on Women's Basketball is your source every day as Howard covers all things WNBA on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. And finally, is all this change negatively affecting Phil Mickelson? He turned in an 8 over 78 for the first round at the U.S. Open and found himself ahead of just 10 other golfers in the entire field. Mickelson, who turned 52 on Thursday, tough day for your birthday, has notably voiced his approval of the Live Invitational's 54-hole tournament setup. He may only need to play 36 holes this weekend. And luckily for him, uh, on the tour that he is currently a main part of, you don't have to be good to 
get money. You can be last. And he was not great in London last week and still got paid. And thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now make your second listen the ultimate NBA mock draft. Locked On NBA brings you a mock draft unlike any other. Rafael Barlow from Locked On NBA Big Board is joined by every Locked On NBA host and some NBA insiders from around the Odyssey Network to deliver picks and analysis. Locked On does mock drafts better than anyone else and the ultimate NBA mock draft is a perfect example. Coming up Monday, we examine the effect sports has on race and equality in our society. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.